Recording in progress. Thank you all so much for joining me. Before I begin, I need to pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for being full-time in our life. We ask that you allow us to receive your word today. Fill us up with your Holy Spirit. Allow us to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Father God, allow us to receive your word in a way that we can walk in righteousness and implement what we need to in order for us to be victorious. We thank you right now for just being a part of our life and just being able to have mercy. So we ask that you give us a double portion of your love, mercy, and grace. That you remove all the barriers and obstacles that are prohibiting us from fully fulfilling your plan, will, and purpose in our life. So we just ask that you remove all of the wrong people out of our life and allow us to work with individuals that will create opportunity for us. So we ask that you open up doors of opportunity, that you close doors that no man can open and no man can close just open up doors of opportunity so that we can live in your purpose, so that we can fulfill your plan, will, and purpose, God. These are our goals. Our goals is to satisfy you and to be obedient to you. So, God, I thank you right now for filling me up with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask that you allow me to minister grace to the hearer and allow me to speak the word today in a way where it is received. Allow me to plant seeds and also water them as needed. But most importantly, Father God, please allow your will to be done in our life. No matter what, let your will be done, not ours. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is sealed in your atonement blood. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me today on Laws, Life, and Health. Let's talk about it. Um, so I wanted to just uh, talk about a few housekeeping rules. So if you needed to ask a question, please go ahead and put it here in the Q&A. And I will be sure to respond to it there. Um, if you are on any of the Audible apps, please go ahead and put your comments there. And I'll be sure to respond. Now, if you're interested in receiving um, uh, a prayer request, or if you wanted to become an author or a um, to do like community service, please send me an email at info at suddenchangescorporation.org. And just give me one moment, please. I had to um, put some things in the chat here. So if you're on an Audible app, you'll see um, that I'm just writing in the app right now. All right. And also, please share, okay? Share, share, share. Um, let's see. There's a question here. Amen. Oh, hey. Hey, Adonis. How you doing? Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks for the support. Okay, so um, let me go ahead and share my screen. All right, so I'm going to share the sound. Okay. So um, so what I've been talking about mainly the past month and a half or two months or so is women's health. So this is a trending topic. And um, so on Friday, I was talking about the word perfect and how the word perfect in the strong's concordance is different from the dictionary so if we're if you go to your bible to matthew 5 and 48 i talked about how um this verse says specifically be perfect therefore as your heavenly father is perfect and so looking at the word perfect most people think let me go to that uh word again i just wanted to just kind of go over some 
some things that I talked about already. So um, the word perfect means without fault or defect, right? This is according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Um, but according to the word of God, um, so the Strong's Concordance basically is the ability for us to understand the Bible in the English translation. So the Bible is, is comprised of two different Testaments. One, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament consists of books from the book of Genesis to, through the book of Malachi. And so that is the New Old Testament. And that is written in Hebrew scrolls. Okay. The New Testament is written in Greek, which are books from the book of Matthew to the book of Revelation. And so there were hundreds of scholars that have been able to analyze the interpretation of Hebrew and the interpretation of Greek, which allows us to be able to dive deeper into our word search and find the Hebrew translation and also the Greek translation. So when we're looking at words in the Bible, for instance, this scripture, Matthew 5 and 48, the word perfect. So it's not going to be the word perfect as defined in the Merriam dictionary. It's going to be the word perfect defined from the Strong's Concordance. Basically, it is derived from the Hebrew scrolls and also from the Greek. And so we see that the word perfect is mentioned in the Bible 94 different times, right? When you type in the word perfect, it tells you exactly how many times that that word was mentioned in the Bible. It tells you how many verses. So there are 94 verses where the word perfect was mentioned. However, there are 23 different words that means the word perfect. So in Hebrew and also in Greek, you're going to have multiple different definitions for one specific definition. It means it just simply means that it is using a different um, is using a different lexicon word or another word. But it still means um, it has the same word, but different meaning. OK, so there are 23 different meanings to the word perfect. OK, and so we're focusing we're placing of emphasis on matthew 5 and 48 so if you wanted to analyze from the strong's concordance and, and sort of going to word search you're going to have to look it up from the king james bible because many times looking here at like matthew 5 48 on biblehub.com biblehub.com is here and so they use the word perfect in each version but that is not always the case when you're looking in the bible or you're looking at different translations. So Bible Hub allows us to review the Bible from several different translations. However, if you're going to be researching through the Strong's Concordance, you're going to have to use the words that are mentioned in the King James Bible. Okay, so the King James Bible is closely related to the Hebrew scrolls and the and 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 Greek. So we're going to look at words that are either in Hebrew or Greek from the King James Bible. We're not going to look at any other translation because the likelihood of those words being defined are unlikely. Okay. So we're looking at this word perfect. And so starting off here, once again, I'm just continuing on in the discussion from last week. The word perfect is something um, that when we look at Job one and one, it talks about how um, Job, um, no, I'm sorry. It talks about how Job was an extraordinary, perfect person, right? 
So Jacob, on the other hand, was an ordinary person. So when we look at the word um, perfect in Job 1 and 1, it is a translation of the Hebrew word Tam. And so that is Hebrew number, uh, Strong's number, 8535. And so when we're looking at different um, words, they all have a different number. So for instance, here is you have 23 different lexicon numbers or Strong's numbers for the word perfect. So the word that we're looking at right now is the word Tam. And so that word means a lot of different, um, the, the word perfect has a lot of different meanings, but the word Tam does not. So we're going to look at the Strong's number and this Strong's number is 8535. Okay. And so this word, um, perfect from the he ancient Hebrew concordance, this is the ancient Hebrew research center. They define the word perfect as, um, being mature in nature and in action. So that is how it is defined, the word Strong's number A535. Now we're going to denote the zero because it, it says it is 08535. So we're going to denote that, right? Because the zero isn't something that is um, a, a number that we need. We denote the zero, all the zeros before it, okay? And so the Strong's number A535, and it means uh, to be mature in nature and in action, right? And so... When we look at that word mature, um, it means perfect. And so when you read this scripture here, the Bible, uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, it says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your father, which is in heaven, is perfect. So we're not we're not looking at the definition in a way where you're flawless or uh, without fault or defect, right? Um, we're looking at the word of God in a way where it's mature in, in, mature in thought and action. That's what it means. And so when you look at the word perfect in the dictionary, it even has nine different definitions, has eight different definitions. See that? So it isn't unlikely for a word to have multiple definitions. So when we're looking at the Strong's, the Strong's Concordance has 23 different definitions for the word perfect similarly to the word perfect in the dictionary it has eight different translations of the word perfect all right so the adjective word perfect has eight definitions and the verb perfect has two definitions so you know it's they're all defined um similar but they're all different right but they all mean the word perfect so it's important to understand that when you're reading the word of God, that you're analyzing it, not from the perspective of the secular perspective. You don't want to have that type of perspective because you want to understand the word of God from the biblical translation, from the biblical perspective, from looking at it exactly where the word of God is. So um, now when we look at the Bible, the Old Testament, New Testament, the Old Testament the first five books of the Bible, which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, those five books are considered the Torah, which is considered the law of the Bible. Okay, these are all the laws that God created in the first five books of the Bible. The first four books of the New Testament, which starts in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are considered the gospel. Um, the gospel. So that talks about 
the time when Jesus was here on earth and how he was, you know, like his life. It talks about Jesus, the life of Jesus Christ. And so these things are really important to be able to understand. So if you want to learn about Jesus Christ and when he was here, you can look at the Gospels, the, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament. Now, when Jesus was here, he was 100% man and 100% God. Okay, he was 100% man and 100% God. And so what that means is that it just confirms part of what the, the, the Trinity says. Now, the Holy Trinity, although it's spoken about a lot in the Bible, right? It actually isn't mentioned in the Bible. So the Holy Trinity is not specifically talked, said, right? But we know that the Holy Trinity is consistent with what? The Father, which is God, the Son, which is Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, right? So you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so there are several different scriptures that talk about the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Trinity, um, even though they don't actually say Holy Trinity, right? Um, but it just mentions the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that is cons considered the, the Trinity. So the head of, the head of uh, Christ is God. And, the, and um, so we see this several different times in the, in the Bible. So let's just go to 1 Corinthians 11. Um, 1 Corinthians 11.3. Okay. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11.3. It talks about. But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. Okay. So the way that this order is, is the head of every man is Christ. So Jesus Christ is the head. The woman is. The head of woman is man. Okay. The head of Christ is God. So that is, it still confirms the Holy Trinity, which is the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. So in order to get to the father, you have to come through the son. So the way that we see this verse, um, hold on. Okay, here we go. So if you go to your Bible to John 14 and 6. So Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so this is John 14 and 6. And so in order to reach the Father, you have to come through the Son, which is Jesus Christ. So the head of every man should be Christ. Um, it does not say the head of every every man should be man or every the head of every woman should be woman. No, it specifically says specifically. I want you to realize that every man is Christ. Okay? Every man is Christ and the head of every so the way that it is, is God, the father, the son, which is Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So we as children of God should be equipped with the Holy Spirit for us to have access to Jesus Christ. Right. Once we have access to Jesus Christ, then Jesus Christ, he is the, the, the head of Christ is God. God is the head. OK, but you have to understand that it was a manifestation. So Jesus Christ was manifested into the flesh. Okay. Even though, you know, it's 
the Holy Trinity, they are all one. But it, it can be compared to the same way a, a man leaves his father and mother and is united unto his wife and the two shall become one. And so what that means is it's not just the, the husband who is the head, um, but they are also the, the husband is the head of the woman, but they become one. Right. And so in order to understand what God is saying here with the Trinity is that the husband and the wife is one now. So if the husband does something that impacts the wife, if the wife does something, it's going to impact the husband. Okay. So it's indirect. Like they're, they're integrated. They are one. So let's look at that scripture just to confirm if you wanted to know. Okay. Okay. Here we go. So this scripture is in, um, uh, Ephesians 5 and 31. Okay. Ephesians 5 and 31, it says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united unto his wife and the two will become one flesh. So you understand that they are, there are components that is together. They are one flesh together. So what she does, she's responsible for him and he is responsible for her. So if she... It, I mean, the way marriage is defined is so specific, right? So let's let's talk about this further. Let's probe a little bit further into this. So, um, so wives, submit unto your husbands. Okay. So we go to let's look at Bible Gateway. So Ephesians five and twenty two. We're gonna. I'm just gonna take it from the top. Okay, because I just looked at Ephesians 5 and 31, but this time I'm just going to take it from 522. Um, wives, submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. So the reason why this is, is because, see, the head of every man, if you go back to 1 Corinthians 11 and 3, this is very simple to understand. Okay, if you go to 1 Corinthians 11 and 3, it's just basically confirming Ephesians 5 and 31 and also Ephesians 5 and 22. So... Ephesians, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 11.33. So I'm going to look at these scriptures interchangeably because they're all connected. They're interconnected, right? Um, So it says, but I want you to realize the head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman is man and the head of Christ is God. So when you look at these scriptures, wives, submit to your submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. And so what this means is that the man, the Christ is the head of man. Okay. See, the head of every man is Christ. So the man is submitting to Christ. The woman submits to man. And so that order is in place for a very specific reason. And so that reason being that women are easily entitled. They are easily enticed by things. They are easily influenced. It wasn't man that ate from the for she deceived the man into eating it. So her encouragement to that man was for her to disobey God. That was the first act that she did was disobedience to God. And so that is what women do. They are disobedient to God and it's automatically in the nature. Um, since we're looking at it from a spiritual perspective. And so what God wants us to realize is that 
as women, we are supposed to submit to our own husbands as we do unto the Lord. And so our husbands should be submitting their will to God because that's what it says here. The head of every man is Christ. And so as he submits to Christ, the woman submits to her husband. So that that way, the husband is the head and, you know, the head isn't going to be easily enticed by things. He's going to be given direction from the Lord. And so this is so important to understand this. Um, in verse 23, it says, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. His body, which he is the savior. So going back to the, the Holy Trinity, we have Jesus Christ, right? Jesus Christ was 100% man and 100% God. So it isn't difficult to understand that the Holy Trinity exists simply because of the fact that you have the Father, the Son, and the similar man leads his father and mother and is united into his wife. And the two become one flesh. And so, so Jesus to God, God is the head of Christ, right? So when he manifested into the flesh, he was what? 100% man and also 100% God. It's the same similar way. So it's important to be able to just understand the, the Trinity, understanding your place and your relationship with, with God as a woman, as a, as a husband and as a wife. So I'm I'm just gonna now just speak to everyone to understand it. And like in verse 24, it says here, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything, right? Because if the husband is doing what he's supposed to do by submitting to God, then the wife is automatically gonna do what? She's gonna be submitting to God through her husband, right? And so we are created to be a helpmate. And so all of these different things is so important to understand that we should not follow the wrong person, right? Because if we, if we follow a man that does not have Christ as the head, then what happens is he is being led by something. And so the woman usually is influenced by the man and the woman, the man is influenced by the woman, the woman. So, and vice versa, they influence each other. And so, this is so important to be with someone who is equally yoked as you. And so, what the Bible is that, let let me go to another scripture here. I'm going to go to some more scriptures just just for the purposes of clarifying. So, um... Okay, so we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 7 through 9. Actually, I would like to look at the the whole chapter there, but I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm just going to take a little snippet from there. Um, So 1 Corinthians 7 and 9. I mean, chapter 7. Okay. So we see here that um, let's talk about the married life, right? So it talks about um, now for the matters you wrote about, it is it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. So basically, uh, the man shouldn't just be having just sexual relations just with any woman, right? 
Um, but since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. So we should have our own spouses, right? A man should have his own wife and a, a woman should have her own husband. So the husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. So the wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields to her husband in the same way the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields to his wife. So do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all of you were as I am. But each of you has your own gift from God. One has the gift, another has that. So what this is saying, do not deprive each other of intimacy or do not deprive each other in areas where you need support from each other. So God, what is he saying here? God wants us to basically, he wants us to marry our own spouses, right? Um, and don't deprive each other. So if you see that person is being deprived of something, don't deprive them. Talk to them about things. Um, communicate. Make sure that if you're uh, if you're fasting or doing something like that, you're not going to be having um, intimacy, right? Because you're denying your flesh for the things that is for God, right? So um, it's now this is talking about the unmarried. This is in verse eight. So verse eight says, now to the unmarried and the widows, I say it is good for them to stay unmarried. So as I do, but if they cannot control themselves, they should marry for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So you see that that is clear and evident that people should marry instead of burning with lust. Um, so what it says here is I wanted to talk about the believer and the unbeliever. That's what I was trying to get to. Um, so let's see if I can find it here. Okay. So here you go right here. This is in verse. Let's, I want to skip down to verse um, 12. To the rest I say, I not the Lord. If any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. Okay. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But as it is, they are holy. So what this means is that the unbelieving husband is going to be sanctified. He healed. He'll be sanctified through his believing wife and the unbelieving husband will be sanctified through the believing wife. So the the matters concerning um, marriage is this. God wants us to have our own spouses. We should also we shouldn't deprive them. And if you're already married to someone who doesn't believe you're sanctifying your, your marriage. And so that is something that God is blessing because if as long as you believe you're bringing sanctification to your marriage. But if you are and you can remain single, it is better to remain single because this this scripture, if you read the entire chapter, is going to talk about how the wife has to make commitments to her her husband, her current husband. And so it's important to. Be able to make sure that if you're not burning with passion, you're not burning with lust at all, that you should just remain unmarried if you can control yourself.
So what what does this all mean? Um, well, if we look at the the podcast here, it's marriage is something that um allows the reproduction to take place. Now, so there are a couple of things that happen when people cannot reproduce. You have women who are unable to reproduce because of infertility. Um, also, right now in society, we have so much eugenics happening where there are people that are involuntary. They're voluntarily agreeing to eugenics. So eugenics is basically, hold on one second. I'm trying to um, pull up this blog, but it's it's just um, kind of, hold on. Let me make sure that it's properly loaded. I just need to make sure that this is loaded correctly. Um, okay. One moment. I'm just waiting on it to load a few moments here. So eugenics basically is an attempt to exterminate people through sterilization, forced sterilization. But right now, instead of this forced sterilization, we have eugenics taking place in society through voluntary sterilization, where we have the LGBTQ and transgender population of people that are voluntarily, you know, getting um, these sterilization by uh, transitioning. So any of the women that are transitioning, right? So transitioning is basically changing over to a different gender physically. They are having surgery to become a completely different gender. Now, when that happens, they can no longer reproduce, right? They can't reproduce. Um, unless they adopt children, they could do that. Or they can go through like this technological um, type of um, techno technological type of uh, um, treatment that is called in vitro, in vitro fertilization, where it allows them to get pregnant. Okay, so we see here. I talked about uh, BD the other day, and. He is a um, transgender woman, okay, that turned into man. Then she removed her breasts um, so that she can appear as a physical man, but she did get pregnant, okay? And so now um, she has a baby or he has a baby, right? Which, well, she is a biological she. Physio, her, her physical... Her physiological traits is that of a female, but she turns to a um, transition to a male, which allow her to conceive. Okay, still. Okay, so I'm not really sure how all of that works. Okay, it's a bit confusing, but the main concern here is that within the LGBTQ community, I talked about how there is a vaccine, um, how there is a correlation between vaccines, mental health, and the LGBTQ transgender population. Um, so we have all of these different problems that are associated with the uh, mental health of transgender population. So 
I also talked about in the Psychiatric uh, Times article how viruses can be directly neurotoxic and sort of induce this um, program cell death and susceptible brain cells. So imagine if this were to happen in utero uh, during early neurodevelopment. If too many or certain types of critical cells and certain brains circuits or in areas that will ultimately become circuits were killed it could lead to long-term behavior cognitive and emotional consequences so one might wonder why the effect would not be noted early on instead of later in life as it occurs with many severe mental illnesses that manifest in the late teens and early 20s of individuals so we see that there is a correlation between um vaccines and mental health disorders okay um, I talked about the Trevor Project and how um, there is a, so many disparities and a large, an increase in um, suicidal ideation, suicidal attempts within the LGBTQ transgender population of people. Um, some other stress factors to consider is the minority stress levels that they experience through negative mental health outcomes, including the um, increased risk of suicide um, attempts and suicide ideations. Uh, so there is about 33% of the transgender population who um, have attempted suicide, right? According to this Trevor Project study, Trevor Project uh, research study that they performed. Um, so it is really high, right? Um, so they also are dealing with the physical harm and bullying. They deal with the discrimination. So um, they're also dealing with conversion therapy. So all of these different things. Conversion therapy basically tries to attempt to convince people to stay the same. Basically to keep their biological traits or their physiological traits. Um we also have some issues with them just having a lot of, of problems. And so what happens here is it is it is something that the United States and the constituents of this country really need to analyze. We need to come together as a people to say, okay, well, although it is impacting everyone, either directly or indirectly, it's important for us to understand what are some of the solutions that we can provide. So I want to make some recommendations. I believe the some great recommendations to make is to provide counseling services for um, the LGBTQ transgender population. There needs to be research conducted on the correlation between mental health disorders, current mental health disorders, and the LGBTQ transgender population of people. Um, in addition, to that, there needs to be preventative measures that can um, help aid families and not separate families. Those are all things that can be implemented at the like local level, okay? Um, and so, I think that these are things that we should all, you know, try to participate in. And it isn't always just about us talking about things, but what solutions can we provide? So. I wanted to kind of move forward from that discussion now. And now I would like to talk about some um, positive thinking. So 
I created a list of different positive things to talk about um, when you're experiencing like adversity or difficulties in your life. I created some positive thoughts um, about, you know, your life and how you can go about changing the way that you think. Um, but psychology today, they also have think positive 11 ways to boost positive thinking. This is an article that was published by Dr. Davis um, in 2018. And so basically, it's an article that talks about thinking positive. So I want to um, I'm going to talk about this article, but I'm also going to add some of my own positive um, things that you can, you know, sort of take with you in order to combat some of these social issues, emotional um, numbness that many people are feeling. So uh, this article one, one of the main benefits of positive thinking is that you can train your brain to think positive is one, ask yourself, do I think positively? And so, um, thinking positively. So, they have a survey that you can take here. It's basically like a little quiz. Um, and it'll explain uh, if you are thinking positive. All right. And so, the other, um, what this does, it allows you to improve your happiness and your well-being. So, ask yourself, do I think positively? Two, strengthen your memory for positive information right you want to be able to increase your positivity by memorizing a list of po positive words okay um these positive words could be uh like a word book that you can create a word book for yourself a word book for kids too um three strengthen your brain's ability to work with positive information so how do you deal with positive things how are you dealing with positive words um make sure that you extend your network right um to positive thinkers for example you could also memorize positive words and set alarms that remind you to call on different words but you also want to have a network of people who uh are positive because then you'll be able to inc incorporate some of those things for strengthen your brain's ability to pay attention to the positive so you want to focus on the positive um Five, condition yourself to experience random moments of positivity. So, you know, thinking about some time that you spend with your dog and how you were happy doing that, you know, or um, thinking about times when you had your favorite food or something like that. That's what this article is saying. So in six, uh, think positive, but not too much and think negative when you need to. So... It says, when we are sad or grieving, thinking negative thoughts and showing the emotions that these thoughts create helps some people to communicate to others that um, it helps them communicate their support and their uh, needs. Okay, so when people are treated unfairly and they get angry, then they thoughts kind of like motivate to take an action plan. So they're going to do either fight, flight or uh, run, right? Fight. What is it? Fight, flight. Fight, flight, or yeah. So, um, they are going to um be motivated to basically take action. That's what it means. So you want to practice having gratitude, right? Train your brain to focus on the positive. It is to practice gratitude. Savor the good moments. That's basically the same 
um, as strengthening your brains. Uh, no, it's basically the same as three. No, um, which one? It's five. Condition yourself to experience random moments of positivity. So generate positive emotions by watching fun videos. That that could be good. You could watch some fun videos. Um, ten. Stop minimizing your successes. So think about the big wins that you have. Um, eleven. Stop all or nothing thinking. So all or nothing thinking is when we view a situation as all good or all bad. This is another tough negative thinking habit to overcome. All right. So, for example, I might think I'm a failure because I have not been particularly successful at helping um, some people cultivate the skills that they need to think positive and increase happiness. So you don't have to think of yourself like that. So I believe that failure is opportunity. And that is what I believe. Failure teaches you how to become successful. So failure eventually will equate to success. Right. And so that's a good article. Um, let me go to some of the things that I wanted to talk about in terms of positivity. So it's basically at the end of the blog. Um, did I put it here or I didn't? It's okay. I have a Word document of it. Um, I should have it It should have. I thought I posted it. Just give me one second. Hmm. There we go. I have it here. All right. So let me just post it. Stay positive. Think about what you're going to say before you say it. Okay? And what the, this means is exactly what it says. Think about it. Don't just respond to people. Right? Um, I, I found myself getting into the habit of having conversations with some people that I disagree with. And it's like, okay, let me just, let me let them talk and then I need to listen. So sometimes we interrupt people when they're talking because instead of being anxious to speak, we need to be quick to listen. So don't be anxious to speak or talk about something. I think that sometimes with some people, they really just don't listen. They just really want to get their point across. And, they're, and, and you know, that's fine too. So you can't take those type of conversations that serious. But when it comes to like 
having a conversation with someone that you do disagree with in a way where they're listening and you're listening, you want to think about what you're going to say before you see it. Um, because sometimes, like I had a conversation, I had a discussion today and I talked about opinion, um, opinion and facts. So from my perspective and from the things that I'm learning about God, opinion isn't something that really, really, um, opinion doesn't matter. Okay. What matters is, is if you pay attention to the words that people say, yes, we should pay attention to their words, but opinion and my opinion doesn't reflect anything. It doesn't matter because of the fact that it isn't a fact, right? We need to be paying attention to things that could be proven. We know that God was here, so we need to believe everything the Bible says because this is what the word of God tells us. The word of God is the instruction that is coming from God. It's inspiration. The Bible is inspired by God. So the Bible is something that we should be, you know, paying attention to and understanding that this is something that is real, right? So, yes, the things that people say out of their mouth. So, for instance, let's go to this Bible verse. So it's actually a couple verses that I want to talk about with this. Um, okay, that one and then okay. So this these are quite a few verses. Um, but I would like to include them. So, I'm the first. The first uh, verse I'm going to is Matthew 15 and verse 11, and then I'm going to go to Proverbs 23 and 7, and then Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Okay. So let me make sure that I put that here though. Luke 6:45. But it should be under this one. Luke 6, 45. Um, let me just put this here. I apologize. Give me one moment. And then we have Proverbs, Proverbs 23 and 7.
Matthew 15 and 11. Okay, so I have it all here. Excuse me. All right, so um, let's go to Matthew 15 and 11. It says, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. So the things that a person speak, that is what defiles them. The things that they say. Because what's what's in them is gonna come out. So think of everything that's inside is that means with their words is gonna also show lying in their actions. If they're being deceptive in their words, it's also gonna show deception in their actions, right? And so all of these things is something to pay very close attention to. For instance, like children, before children are born, there are choices and decisions being laid out for them right before children are born parents have to make choices and decisions for different products for their children right so it is a lot of influence when a child is born before they even are able to speak there are different sensories and different items that are influencing them right you have these toys, like certain toys with certain sounds and colors that basically influence the child to like this toy over that toy. So they may favor this one and favor the other one. Or they may favor one and not like the other one. So when you think of all of these things, right, even though they are like somewhat benign to some people, they're like something that is not really spoken about too often. But think about this. This isn't the same, like it, it doesn't stop at childhood. It doesn't stop at birth. There are still things that are implemented into society that source of influence, that influences people to support. You have certain belief systems that people have, certain um, influences through music. Uh, these pre-existing thoughts and belief systems is shaped early on from your household, your immediate family, your close friends, your network. As you as you transition into teenage years or um, you, you know preteens, you're going to have a whole bunch of different things that you're influenced by. So it's all about the conditioning of the mind and shaping that person's perspective and influencing them. This, these are all started at birth before a child is even born. Influence is being created for them. Influence 
is being distributed to their parents influence so you don't you don't have to look at like the material possessions you don't have to look at any of it you have to look at this non-tangible item and it is called influence so influence is something that is being sold to everybody influence how can you sell influence so you influence the parents you influence the children you influence the preteens you influence the teenagers you influence the adolescents you influence the emerging adults you influence the adults you influence senior citizens it's all about influence it's not about anything else it's about how are we all being influenced and so we can get influence to agree with eugenics you're influenced to support ideologies that are in support of forced sterilization this is all influence that is being sold so when we look at this scripture matthew 11 it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person but what comes out of the mouth that defiles them so the way you grow up you are inspired and motivated you have admiration from all of these things that have influenced you now you are either going to have negative or positive perspectives but either way you're going to be influenced negatively or you're going to be influenced influenced positively it's simple as that that's all it bore down to you are influenced positively or you're influenced negatively and so you're being sold whatever it is to influence you so it's influence that is being sold positive negative once you're bought with that influence then you're going to support certain ideologies or certain ideas or certain perspectives certain notions and beliefs you're going to be bought and purchased with this influence so what influence is that it could be your parents your influence of your parents influence of your friends influence of your peers influence of your, your network influence of your business partners influence of your spouse it's all influence. So once you're, you're, you're purchased with this influence, whatever type of influence that may be, whether it is negative or positive, you're going to be, you're filling yourself up. So what, what is happening here is you're getting the positive influence in your life. So you get this positive influence here. You get this negative influence deposited into you one moment. Then you get it. Then you get a whole trail of positivity deposited into you. Then you get a whole trail of negativity deposited into you, depending on the type of experience. What was your experience? What do your experience look like? So your experience is the gatekeeper to the positive and negative. 
So you so you're you you're being purchased with influenced, and you are believing something positive or negative, but the experience is what's shaping your belief system. So your your belief system is going to be ignited based off of what you felt and what you experienced, and so you're gonna select positive or you're gonna have negative. And so you purchase with this influence and now you've been deposited positivity. Now, from your experience, you've been deposited negativity. It's just deposits, deposits of negative influences, deposits of positive influences. And so now you have all of these different things inside of you. Now, some people can withdraw positivity out of you. They can withdraw negativity out of you, right? Because you are now... You've been influenced your whole entire life. So now the only thing that you can distribute is people going to withdraw positivity from you or they're going to withdraw negativity from you. So it's, it, that's what it boils down to. So are you allowing God to inspire you? Are you allowing infidelity to negatively impact you are you allowing um love to allow you to forgive or are you gonna hold on to unforgiveness and live in bondage right so all of these different things are shaping your belief you don't really have to probe any deeper besides examining what are the negative components in your heart what are the positive things in your life right so once we examine the positive and separate the positive from the bad, then the negative are things you need to get rid of. So when you are around people, how are you making them feel? Are you making them feel like, are you, are they withdrawing negativity out of you? Are they withdrawing positivity out of you? Are you depositing positivity? Are you depositing negativity? So it's all about your perspective and what type of influence are you selling, right? So all influence doesn't necessarily equate to uh, having a value attached to it, but you have to place value on the things that is inspiring you in your life. For instance, your grandmother, many people believe what their grandmother said because they come, their grandparents come from experience. But does that mean that your grandmother is right about everything? Absolutely not. No person in the world is always going to be right. Besides Jesus Christ, when he walked on the earth, right? Because he was what? 100% man and 100% God. So although when Jesus walked on earth, he did not, you know, Jesus did not. Um, Hold on. It's a question here. Can I ask you something? Yes. You could ask me a question, whatever you need to answer. Yes. X. Okay, so. Okay, so when Jesus walked here on earth, basically, um, when Jesus walked here on earth, yes, he was 100% man and 100% God. But Jesus, he didn't, he didn't have to use any of his power to defend himself 
So, because God did not have all of that negativity deposited into his heart or in his life. So, we see that Jesus is the exception to this. Because Jesus was without sin. So, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. And so, that's what we need to think about. What's in a person is going to come out of them. Their influences are going to come out of them. The positive is going to come out of them. The negative is going to come out of them. They're going to deposit or withdraw that same negative or that same positive to all of those that are around them. So think about what you say before you say it and understand what place is are you coming from? Are you coming from a positive place or are you coming from a negative space, right? Don't allow your adversities and your problems to influence your outcome. Meaning that don't allow all of these influences that you've been subjected to, to shape your outcome. They do not have to shape your outcome. All right. And so think about what you're going to say before you say it all right um let's look at the other scripture proverbs 23 and 7 proverbs 23 and 7 for as he thinks so is he eat and drink said he to thee but his heart is not with thee it's like okay if you think this certain way that if you think that a president should be elected, if they are accused of rape, if you think that it's okay to burglarize somebody's home that you that they worked their whole life for, that they went to work, get up, went to work, purchased items for their home to make sure their house looked nice. And you think that it's okay to burglarize that, their house. That is unethical. It's wrong, right? So for as he think it in his heart, so is he. If you think these things, it's going to come out of you. So remember what I said. Remember what the word of God says. Now, the word of God is saying, what is in you? That going back, let's go back to Matthew. Matthew 15, 11 through 20, but I'm not reading that whole uh, chapter like that. I'm only looking at verse 11. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles you, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. So everything that's in you, it's either going to be good or it's going to be defiled. It's contaminated with negativity which produces doubt and unbelief, but I'm not talking about doubt and unbelief. I'll talk about doubt and unbelief next. Um, so Proverbs 23 and 7, for as he thinking in his heart, so is he. So if I love giving, because I really do love giving, right? So I love giving. So I'm gonna always give. I can't have, I can't have food and see you hungry and not give you what's on my plate that's impossible so 
as I think that, that is in my heart. So I'm also like that because I believe in giving. So that's in me. Whatever is in you going to come out of you. So if somebody is hungry and you like, no, I'm not giving you none of my food. I don't care if you hungry. I'm hungry too. So a person like that is somebody that isn't considerate. That's what's in a heart already. It isn't about you being able to identify all of the moral, morally correct way to be. It's Remember, it's not about who's right. It's not about who's right. It's about what is right. It isn't about the color of the person. It isn't about what position that person has. It isn't about the person's socioeconomic status. It isn't about their, their zip code or where they live and how big their house is. It isn't about the type of car that they drive. What is about what is right in these situations? So if you cannot say to yourself that would I want that done to myself? If if I do this, if I do A or B, this is what I want done for myself. So whatever decision you make in this world that you in that the way you treat other people, is that something that you want done for yourself? Do you want that to happen to you? Because if you do not want it to happen to you, don't do it. And my, my grandmother, she always said, this is what she always said. She said, never do anything if you have to think about it too many times. If you have to think about something too many times and you're like, okay, uh, is this right? I'm just wondering that, like, I don't know if I should do that. I don't know. So not knowing and guessing yourself that many times is like, wait a minute. Your ethics, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is speaking to your ethics. Uh, the Holy Spirit is talking to your morals. It isn't about the intuition. It's really about what are you thinking in your heart so think about what you say before you say it because your thoughts guess what the bible says your thoughts as he think it in his heart so is he see now what i had to realize this is what i had to realize sometimes i have been to the point where I don't value people's opinion. And I'm being very honest about this. So like the way I the way I think is if you have not made an investment in a way where you have invested your time into like studying the word of God, how can you tell me about the word of God? If you don't like, um, for instance, if you are saying that um, you should make this investment or you are trying to say, OK, well, you should do this and you should do that. Well, what track record do you have to support what you're saying? See, because I'm a person of. 
of, I guess, like evidence. I look at the evidence and I also look at the Bible and what is to be true. The Bible is real. You know, so I believe in everything that the Holy Bible talks about. I believe everything that the Bible says. I don't pick and choose like this section is okay with me and that section is all right. So when I'm listening to people speak, it isn't about if they say they believe in God. But we are not understanding what God is saying here. We have to understand what God is saying. So... In order to believe in God, we should understand what God is saying. So if you don't understand what God is saying, there need you need to do something about that. So I don't look at a person's opinion. I don't pay attention to that. Because what I do, I place emphasis on is what they say out of their mouth is what's in their heart. So their words are being spoken from their thoughts and what's already in them. So what's in them going to come out. So if that's deception, it's going to come out. If it's lies, it's going to come out. If it's impurity, it's going to come out. If it's, if it's uh, you know, like betrayal, it's going to come out. All of it is going to come out. Th there is nothing that can be hidden in a person, period. Okay, so it is it's great for us to be able to analyze people from the perspective of saying what is in you is going to come up out of you. So if you have like a cutthroat attitude, that's going to come out of you. If you are a thief, that's going to come out of you. If you are, if you love people, that's going to come out. If you have benevolence in your heart, really, really real benevolence, that's going to come out of you. Whatever is in you is going to come out of you. So it can't be hidden. So there's no need to worry about anything ever. All we need to do is focus on the hearts of people. So we need, you need to think about what you're going to say before you say it. Because what's in your, what's in your thoughts, what's in your heart is going to come out, period. There's no way that it can be hidden and it cannot be masked or taken away. Because your, the way you think is what you're going to produce. So your thoughts are going to be spoken. Your thoughts are going to shape your heart. It's going to influence your belief system. It's going to influence your action. It's going to influence your reaction. It's what's in your heart. Right? So for instance, with me, like I'm very, I am a very outspoken person. But when it comes to like certain things, I won't talk about. I won't. Because I don't want to be attached. I don't have no attachment to a lot of different things. So if I speak about some things that can attach me to that situation, I don't have anything to do with that situation. So why would I speak about something that I'm not attached to? So I don't want to be, you know, like attached to it. So I'm not going to speak about it. For instance, if my child chooses to purchase a vehicle, and I didn't have any say so in that purchasing of that vehicle. I'm not even going to speak about the car. It's like, oh, she bought her a car. That's nice. I didn't have anything to do with her purchasing that car, right? She purchased the car on her own. So just understand, like, you know, 
I wouldn't have any attachment to that. Like if the car broke down or they'd be like, oh, well, why why you didn't tell her about this? Or why you didn't tell him? I didn't have anything to do with the process. So why am I speaking on things that I don't have anything to do with? Doesn't make any sense. So as a man thinking in his heart, so is he. So it says, eat and drink, said he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. So just because a person will tell you one thing, it doesn't equate to them actually being able to be that way. You'll see how they are based upon their thoughts. It's going to come out in their actions, right? Their heart will show where they are. Your actions influences everything about you. Your words, your thoughts. It start everything start with a thought. So the, the next scripture is Luke 6 and 45. So I'm gonna look at um 6 and 45. Let me go to the NIV. So the NIV version says <laughs> the NIV, a good man brings good things out of the good stored in his heart and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored wait an evil man an evil man says evil things these come from the evil that is stored up in his heart a person's mouth says everything that is in their heart so Everything that is within a person's heart is going to come out of their heart. And that goes right back to Proverbs 23 and 7. As he thinking in his heart, so is he. So Luke, Luke um, 6 and 45 is still the same. It's, it just confirms the word of God. So it starts with the thought. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speak. So it's going to come out. Good is going to come out of you or bad is going to come out of you. Simple as that. It doesn't take a very long time to understand if a person is good or if they are bad. We as children of God are supposed to have discernment. When we have discernment, we can identify those people that are good. We can identify those people that are bad. So what do you do with information like this? Well, you don't go around just accepting these eugenics that is being placed on society. See, it didn't just start overnight. Eugenics has been something that has been implemented since the early 1900s. So there has been a consistency. So you got to look at patterns of behavior and consistency. There is a consistent pattern of eugenics since the early 1900s. So this isn't something that's new. Okay. So for instance, if a person, if they drink alcohol, like I used to drink alcohol, I did. For like some years, I did on and off. I would drink, and so you would you if you knew me, you would know that I I was a drinker. 
So I was an alcoholic. Sometimes I was a functional alcoholic, right? But I used to feel like at that time, my lower self was better than your greater self. So don't compare yourself to me, right? Because if I'm drinking and I'm still successful and you're not drinking and you're not successful, that means that my lower self is greater than your higher self. So don't compare yourself to me. I'm not comparing myself to you. I drink and that's what I do. What areas do you need improvement? So it's about like, I, I used to feel like some people that were non-drinkers would judge me and I would really look down on them. Like they looking down on me and I'm looking down on them. And then it made no sense, right? Because in actuality, we all need Jesus Christ to come into our hearts to change us. So the way that my heart changed from drinking alcohol was God changed my heart. God said I didn't need it. God told me that he has the answers for me. So I don't need to just sit there and drink and just try to. Sometimes you want to drink. I, I used to drink because I felt like talking to some people, it was very difficult to talk to them. It was very difficult to be able to understand um some of the things that some people would talk about it was like my my mind was so elevated where it was difficult for me to coexist sometimes and it's like okay i i just need a drink and i'm gonna just sit back and now i'm gonna talk to everybody on their level because i don't watch tv i never have been a person that watched television like that i don't watch tv like that okay period and so it's like for me spending so many years of reading and reading and studying i i just it's hard to relate to someone who loves reality tv i can't communicate with you know i can communicate but i don't i can't relate to you about a reality tv show i can't relate to you with basketball wives of hawaii i don't know anything about that I don't know not one single person on the show. I can't relate to you when you talk about clothes and shoes. I don't, I, I just purchase things, but I don't care about the brand, right? So I'm not into that. So it's kind of hard to relate into like the average person or something that, you know, industry standard when I'm not involved in those type of activities. So I don't think, there's some, a lot of people like fully understand what it means to you know just to be different and yes i know a lot of people and i do have a lot of conversations so i'm not excluding myself from the world i'm just specifically talking about how i am because i can talk about my experience okay so when i'm around a bunch of women they're talking about either clothes shoes outfits going out some women talk about taking trips trips here and trips there I, when i take a trip i want my all my kids going and if they all don't agree then i'm not going and so they're ready to go all right now eventually i am, am gonna go somewhere without them because i've been asking them for too long right so it's not just about me having fun but i want to share that experience with all of my children and i have four kids i don't just have one or two so that's something that's important to me. I don't want to go out of, go anywhere without them. So my kids had a passport, but we don't go anywhere because they don't have time to go. 
And so when we do have time as a family unit, we're going to go. So when everyone is talking about trips and stuff, I'm not interested in either those discussions either because my kids need to go with me. So my daughter, for instance, I wanted her to go to Japan and I wanted her to open a beauty shop, right? Because in Japan, you could like do import and export of hair products. And so we could, you know, possibly go and, you know, get like the, the hair weaves, right? They're very, very cheap. So a bundle of hair in the United States costs about $150 or more. But if you go overseas and like order to Japan or Thailand or any of these type of places, you're going to spend about a couple of dollars, maybe $2 on a bundle of hair that costs $200 here in the United States. So it's all about the import and export. And so when I talk to my daughter about that, she said, mom, that isn't my dream. That isn't something that I want to do. So all it is is just taking a trip and, you know, like setting up these agreements with the hair suppliers. Why not? Right. It's lucrative. That isn't something that she wants to do. So I learned how to take a step back. And so when my kids are ready to do things, I will be ready when they are. All right. And so that's the way that I feel about that. So when it comes to my own personal life, I'm doing things right now with my academics and trying to live my best life with building a strong relationship with God. I'm not thinking about any trips. And it, it, I haven't just started being this way. I've been this way. So God wants to grow in my relationship with him. And that's what I've been doing. And so this is so important for us to understand what is motivating you. Is it the fact that you can go in the room and be influenced by all these different women who wants to talk about trips and clothes and reality TV and some small investments here and there? That's fine. But those are not at the top of my level of conversations. And so, yes, I know people that have a lot of these conversations. And yes, I've been around all of them. But that doesn't mean that that is some a space that I want to be able to thrive in. I can't thrive in those type of environments. So I don't I, I don't subject myself to those type of environments that often. So it's so important to make sure that you understand what is influencing your thinking process. What is motivating you to behave and to participate in the activities that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. What influences your participation? That's it. Pay attention to that. Because whatever is influencing your participation, it's either going to be negative or positive. Whatever it is, you being bought with an influence. It's That's it. Everyone is influenced. Whether you want to say you're influenced or you're not, everyone in the world is influenced. You being bought and purchased with influenced. So next, remove the doubting unbelief and replace the problem with a solution to focus on, right? And so let's see. I wanted to make sure that I, uh, let me make sure that I have this, this up here. Hold on one second. So while that's loading, 
go here. Okay. Um. Okay, here we go. So we gonna go to um. I wanna go to Jude chapter twenty two, and then I'm going to go to um. Luke 8, Luke 8, um, 5 through 15. And I'm going to go to James 1, 3. Deuteronomy 29 and 29. Okay, and then let's go to first corinthians first corinthians 15 and 3 all right so that's kind of a lot of scriptures but that's fine so we're gonna go the first one we're gonna go to is um let me go to these first okay so this is first corinthians 15 and 3 I'm trying to hold on one second, you all. Okay. So this one should go here. Oh Lord. Okay, which one? Okay. It's here. I just do okay here we go okay lord jesus one second you all okay Then we're going to go to um, De De Deuteronomy 29 and 29 is next. I didn't even go up there. Oh, that's because I have this part here. Let's see. 
Okay, I'll go fix that later. Okay, so um, Deuteronomy 29 and 29. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 15 and 3. It says, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. So first importance. This is the main point. God wants us to see this is the main thing that God wants us to focus on. This is what he wants us to pay attention to. The first important thing. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Right? That's what God wants us to see. So Deuteronomy 29 and 29, the secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. This is so powerful. So I want to talk about this. Really, I uh, I want to dive deeper up into this scripture because it's important right here. Okay. So just looking at the fact um hold on one second let me just get this oops okay all right so now we're going to have Deuteronomy 29 and 29. Lord Jesus, this, this computer is acting up right now. So this, this next scripture, Deuteronomy 29 and 29. This is so crucial here, okay? Let me explain why. As soon as I could get this um links up here. Okay. All right, so going back to this scripture, Deuteronomy 29 and 29. Now, I made the post that um, remove the doubt and unbelief and replace the problem with a solution to focus. So, so many of us, right? Everybody want to say, well, the word of God, you know, what about the lost books and See, what about the original Hebrew Bible? And so what about this? And see, what about that? You have to understand something. All you need to understand is try your best to understand what God has given you, right? It is so difficult to try to focus on other things when you can't understand what God has already given you. So God allowed you to go through that separation. 
because it was unhealthy for you. God foreseen what was going to take place in that relationship. So it wasn't meant for you to progress any further in that situation. So God seen what was going to happen if you would have stayed at that job. Which is why that company probably went bankrupt. So God got you out of that before then, right? So just think about all of these. Think about just situations where you didn't feel comfortable with it, the change. Because see, change is something that we don't all agree with. Everybody does not embrace change. It's like, oh, I got to change my schedule. What, what do you mean? Oh, well, wait. What, what you mean? It's a new policy. Why do we have this new policy at work? Oh, well, wait. They changing my office. Why are you changing my office? I like where I'm at. See, nobody likes change. They want everything to stay the same. But change is something that allows you to grow in your walking understanding with Christ. So change from a worldly perspective, if you're not used to being uncomfortable, you're not going to be used to being comfortable when God wants you to change something. So if God say, get up right now and move 10 states over, can you do that? Absolutely not. You're like, well, wait a minute. Why, why do I have to move? I'm not ready to move nowhere. I like my friends. I like my city. Like, I love Chicago. I'm going to tell you, I love the south side of Chicago. I love the projects when the projects was there. I love the hood. If you talk with proper grammar and you from the hood, it don't sound right to me. So, yes, I have been in school a long time, but I don't choose to adapt to proper grammar. I want to talk at my normal pronunciation so that my family and friends can understand what I'm saying to them. And yes, I understand that proper grammar is good for many people outside of your culture. But for me, I choose to maintain that part of the tradition of keeping my pronunciation. So I want to doubt, I will learn a new language before I speak proper grammar. So that's just something that, you know, like that's just how I feel about proper grammar. I feel that way. Like, I don't want to learn. I don't want to speak proper grammar at all. I want to speak with my pronunciation that I grew up speaking with. What was really important to me is to make sure that if I'm going to change anything, I need to change the things that God wants me to change. So it isn't about the world standards. Like, okay, so for instance... When we think about all of this information, 
right? Just think of information as a token. It's a token. Think of information as a token, all right? So the more information you know, the more tokens you have. So the tokens that, you, and I'm just using this as an example, okay? I'm not reading the scripture from this. I'm not saying anything about what the world is saying. Oh, there is a big old book on my laptop right here that I have to get because it is crawling. I got it. So want that book just crawling everywhere. Okay. So think of information as being a token. So the more information you have, the more tokens you have. But just because you have information, it doesn't mean that it is the correct information. So let me explain this. So I got about 12 minutes and I, I want to just give you a brief like analogy of this, right? So I've studied the, basically I had a conversation with a couple people today about global warming. And global warming is something that I really, really look into because coexisting with our planet, our ecological system with animals and uh plants and trees and all this stuff we have to coexist in order for our planet to thrive so i've studied pretty much like i've done an in-depth analysis of global warming and climate change and so what i noticed is back in 2020 the earth was heating up at about a 2.6 degrees celsius so it was heating up about one to two degrees celsius every month in the summer of 2020 so just say in july it was at like 2.1 and so in august it went to 2.3 in september it now is at 2.5 so every every month the earth was heating up at about two degrees celsius supposedly so then I, I began to read about um, some recommendations that NASA talk about. Now, NASA, they actually provide facts to government agencies, supposedly. And based upon their facts, the data that they collect, they are supposed to influence the government when it comes to the Earth greenhouse gas and global warming so the earth is a big greenhouse gas our earth is like green already we have water we have natural resources our earth is a big old greenhouse gas so everything that people do on the planet it is contributing to this supposedly global warming so i really really dive really deep because i wanted to know like the true cause of global warming and what was really taking place. And then I'm like, okay, so if I make sure that all, and it's like about what I can contribute to, what I can contribute to minimizing global warming as a human being that lives here on this planet. 
So it isn't about what my neighbors do, about what anybody else do. It really is about how can I contribute less to global warming? And so I take ownership and accountability for everything that I do. I take ownership and accountability for everything that I'm involved with. Okay. So th this, that's just me. That's who God created me to be. It's about taking ownership and taking accountability. And so what God showed me was, is that what am I contributing to the environment? What am I contributing to society? So I, I read some things in the article. It talks about if you have your, your shower on for more than 15 minutes, it's contributing about 200 pounds of carbon monoxide into the ozone layer because guess what? You're using a water tank that is probably using fossil fuels to be uh, energized. And so those fossil fuels are contributing to global warming. So what ended up happening was I read another article that talked about tires being inflated. So if your tires are inflated, you're contributing to global warming. You want to make sure that you have all of the air in your tires. You know, the small things. These are all contributors to global warming. But then when I began to analyze more in-depth analysis of our demand for food, I noticed that the demand for food is really, really exhausting. It's exhausting our food supply, the demand for food. And so then I looked and I analyzed. So one cow actually produces uh, one cow needs about 25,000 gallons of water each day in order to sustain. And so CRISPR technology seeks to implement, you know, changes in the genome of those cows by allowing them to thrive in like extreme weather conditions, like hot weather conditions or cold weather conditions. So now instead of you having to hydrate a cow, every day using 25,000 gallons of water. Now you don't have to. So I looked at that. And so what I found was it isn't really about us and global warming. It's about how are you coexisting with what God has given you? So during the, during COVID, when everyone was on quarantine, our ecosystem was blooming. So you have animals that were thriving. The penguins were able to mate. You have turtles that were able to thrive. You have sea creatures like whales that were able to reproduce at a widespread rate. You have clear skies. And so I, I, I watched this movie it isn't a movie, it's a documentary. It's on Netflix. No, it's on Apple TV. It's called um, The Year the Earth Changed. The Year the Earth Changed. That's what I watched. And it was during quarantine. So I'm like, well, wait a minute. So, so why is society trying to condition us to stay indoors? So basically, if we stay indoors, our ecosystem thrives. For instance, whales. Most people don't think about whales, right? Unless you are in a interest group or you're a lobbyist that support 
the livelihood of wealth. So unless you are affiliated with an interest group, such as like a Wells interest group, you're you're not going to be too much caring about Wells, right? Um, or you may be affiliated with an animal organization or, uh, you know, so like whatever your affiliations are, it can influence your belief system. So when we think about, when we think about how God has given us all of these different things, think about, how the whales are absorbing carbon monoxide whales absorb carbon monoxide they absorb all of the toxins that is going out in the air that are out here in our ozone layer whales are absorbing all of this stuff they absorb every single toxin so that we won't have to live with it. So why is it that global warming is so widely shared and talked about? Well, I believe that global warming is taking place because we as consumers need to be able to coexist well with the planet how are you treating your planet do you think it's okay to just throw trash out should someone else clean up behind you so if you have trash in your car just throw it outside why should someone else be responsible for cleaning up behind you so it's about your moral compass it's about really how are you perceiving things it's about you making sure that are you studying enough or are you just being told what to do are you being told what this representative are you being told what this um the presidential nominee does are you being told this from your influence around you that's selling you an influence See, because you can't just sell me an influence. And I pray and hope to God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, we cannot be bought with influence. Me or my children, my friends, okay? So it's about you. Are you being sold this influence? Or are you reading what they do for yourself? And the problem is, is the way information is being censored. It's all about information. You have to, we all have to understand that this world, God has given us the, the things that we need to be revealed. That is what this scripture talks about. Deuteronomy 29 and 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever. That we may follow all the words of the law. God wants us to understand that he has given us 
all of the information. We have every single tool that we need to be victorious. But how are these tokens of information that you have being influenced? How are you influencing others? See, just because someone have money, that doesn't mean they have tokens of information. They just have money. They can have a peanut brain. They can have a bird brain. Meaning that just because they have money doesn't mean that they're going to be depositing good things in your life. It doesn't mean that they're going to be depositing uh, things that is going to allow God to influence you. So you want to pay attention to that. I said tokens of information. I'm just using that as an analogy, an example. So each time you you read information, think of it as a token. Now, how are you depositing that information into to the life of someone else? So that's the way God is transforming us. God transforms us, all right, through the renewing of our minds. So don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing our minds. But I'll continue this on tomorrow. I have all the scriptures up here. So let me go ahead. Let me um pray. Okay. So Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for just allowing us to receive your word today god we ask that you take and remove everything out of us that displeases you and replace it with everything that pleases you god we ask that you convict our hearts for everything that we do in disobedience to you god convict our hearts until we change from it this goes for everybody in the world Touch the hearts of people whose hearts can be softened for you, God. Touch the hearts of people whose hearts can be melted for you, God. Touch our hearts so that we can be we can live a life that is fulfilling, Lord. But most importantly, God, please allow your will to be done. Not ours, but yours. In the name of Jesus Christ. It is still near our blood. Amen. So thank you all so much for joining me again. Please remember to share share and share if you wanted to um send me an email to suggest a topic send it to deanna watson at suddenchangescorporation.org if you want prayer um please send that email to law's life help at suddenchangescorporation.org